Welcome to the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. We hope you're encouraged by today's message and encounter God's heart through it. To find out more about us, visit lifechurchstpeters.com. So on Ezekiel 37, many of us are familiar with this. And we have heard messages upon messages about the dry bones, the valley of the dry bones. And this week, uh, I'm going through the Bible, and I have gone through this many times. But this time, something else that jumped at me as a revelation, uh, when God asked Ezekiel, uh, saying that if those bones will um, become alive, so I'll just read it. Then he asked me, the Lord, son of men, can these bones become living people again? And Ezekiel answered, O sovereign Lord, he replied, you alone know the answer of that. Then uh, the Lord said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. I, we all are going through one thing or another. And we wonder, is, what's going to happen with that? They maybe say, I have been praying for this for many years. So it's like a dry bones. But now the Lord says, you know, speak to them. Give them this message. And because he did that part, those bones became like a mighty army. Why? Again, because he spoke. There is power on what we speak. So if we say to our marriage, you know, it's not going well, then it's going to work well because Jesus is with us. My daughter is not well. Well, in Jesus' name, she will be healthy. She will be whole. And then that is going to happen. Work is not going well. Well, I speak. The thing will work well at my workplace. That the Lord will give me favor at my workplace. And you speak that. That is going to happen. Because you are prophesying that in the name of Jesus. So whatever is going on in your heart, in your mind, or your needs around you, start speaking that those things are going to turn around and then our, things are going to be well. So be encouraged because the Lord is with us. He is for you and he has given you the power to speak those words. So as I mentioned a moment earlier, I had something very different planned. I trust this is going to be far, far better. I've been a mess up here all morning. I'm not a crier. I was crying. And I, as we had a prayer meeting earlier this morning, and I, I just had this word going through my, through my mind. And um, I think it has to do with what the Holy Spirit's been saying this morning. If we could open 
Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings 13. And we're just going to read two or three different passages that I, I trust and believe will dovetail what Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning and to many individuals in this room in your life situations with what Randy brought, what John Hooker brought, different people. I just felt the Lord wanted to speak peace to people this morning. In the midst of what's going on in your life, He wants to speak peace. And honestly, when He speaks peace, then we need to be speaking peace. Amen. And not disagree and say, yeah, but, yeah, but, and tell the Lord our story again and again and again. He knows our story. But like what Herman said, it's speak to the bones what God says. Speak life. In 2 Kings chapter 13, I won't go into a whole lot of backdrop, but things are not going well in Israel. Things are not going well. Similar to what Randy was reading this morning out of her passage. Things are not going well. And in this passage, 2 Kings 13, 13 to 19, It says, Jehoash rested with his ancestors, and Jeroboam succeeded him on the throne. And Jehoash was buried in Samaria with the kings in Israel. It was a, just king after king after king not serving the Lord. Just bad things are happening in Israel, and the people are discouraged. Now Elisha, who's the prophet, now Elisha, Elisha, had been suffering from the illness from which he died. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha said to him, the prophet said to him, get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. And when he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east door, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, which is the bad guys. Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, take the arrows and the king took them. And Elisha told him, strike the ground. And he struck it three times and he stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. Like I said, it's a bad time. It's a challenging time for so Many people in Israel during this time, they, they just struggled with leadership. Things weren't going well. And Elisha is getting older. He's getting ready to go to be with the Lord. And the king, the new king, was surrounded by challenges. And Elisha prophesied to him and said, do this and you're going to have victory. Do this. And so Elisha Gave him the three arrows. The king took three arrows. And again, we have no idea what it looked like. I have no idea what it looked like. Hmm. 
three arrows. And Elisha, have you ever had somebody tell you to do something and you're just uncomfortable with it because you don't know what's going to happen? Anybody ever been in a situation? Just do this and, you know, you're like, mm, okay, toe curling time. So the prophet says, take these three arrows and strike the ground. And I have no idea what it looked like, but it, I just imagine in my mind because of the scenario of what happened, the king went like this. Now what? But see, Elisha's a prophet and he knows what God knows and he feels what God feels. And something inside of Elisha was like, this is wrong. We've had, there bad things are happening. Get passionate. Stop just letting things happen. And Elisha speaks to the king and he said, if you had struck the ground five or six times, you would have annihilated your enemy. But as it is, you're not going to get the victory you want. And I'm just going to put my understanding on this. If you want victory, if things are going on in your life, are, am I ready to get serious with it? There's many people in this room, you have challenges with your children. So many times we talk about the challenges more than we actually seek God. Whether it's prayer and fasting, prophesying over the challenge, all the prodigal children that are gone, and we talk about, oh, they're doing this, and oh, they're doing that. Am I willing to say what God says over my children? Over my situation, whether it's my health or my, my the reports that the doctors are saying. Am I talking more about the reports or am I saying what God says about my health and my healing? About my children's health, my children's healing? Am I saying what God says? Or am I just allowing the circumstance to affect me and wash over me? As God's dearly beloved, I believe when we say something, we're made in the image of God. When we say something, it has an effect. It has a power. It has, the enemy flees when we say what God says. The enemy does not want us to say what God says. He'd rather us talk about the situation and talk about the problem, about the injustice, what happened. And John, when he came up earlier, was talking about we're blessed. And to say what God says. I'd just like to read some scriptures and, and challenge you, challenge me. Because as I was worshiping up here this morning, just the, the Holy Spirit was just washing over me. And I just, I just felt his voice. How much he loves me. How much he's for me. Reminding me of the promises. And the prayer time again this morning. God reminded me of a word that he spoke over uh, my life and Randy's and my life. We were four days from le leaving England and moving back to the States in 1998. And a friend stood up in a meeting and he prophesied over, over our, uh, my life, our lives. And it's 23 years ago. And he prophesied something so powerful. And it's been in the forefront and the back front all around me for 23 years. Lord, when? When are you going to do what you said you were going to do in my life and the people around me? 
And it was just a, it was a very strong word in the prayer meeting this morning. And, it's, and I just said, God, you said, I didn't make it up. You brought it to me. And I, I just want to ask you for the people who are struggling with situations, whether it's your child, your children, your health. What has God said to you years ago about your situation? Maybe we had a child dedication last week and there were things said about children. And it's to remind ourselves, what has God said? And to start reminding myself first, reminding heaven second, and reminding my enemies third, what has God said out of the word of God? Whether it's prophetic or out of the Bible. And it's time to start taking authority and not just going potentially with our problems. Because we get tired, we get how long has this gone on? And I won't say we get apathetic, but we can become listless towards our situation, whether it's a financial situation, health, or with our children. And I believe God wants us to begin speaking with passion and praying with passion. He's not impressed with our passion. He, it doesn't, he's like, oh man, they really mean it. I better get busy and do something. But something happens on the inside of me when I step in to say what God says. Faith rises. Mountains move. Devils get afraid when I step in with passion. And I believe what I'm saying rather than, well, this is what the Bible says. Yeah, yum, yum, yum. I don't need an interpretation for that. I was just reminded of what the Bible has to say. And can I remind you, this is what the Bible has to say over you, your situation, your children, your health, your finances, your world, your job. The things that many people are just distressed at what they see going on in the world. What does God say? Rather than what the news is telling us. In Isaiah 61, the Bible says this. Isaiah 61, 1 through 7. Isaiah 61, 1 through 7. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated, and they will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. And you will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations. And in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land. 
and everlasting joy will be yours. Father, that's for me. That's for my children. Father, as we worship this morning, my children will be blessed. Favor will be on my children. Favor will be on my life. Favor will be on my finances. Favor, Lord, chases me down. Why? Because it's what you say. So I'm going to set aside disappointment, set aside frustration, and I begin to say what you say. I'm blessed and I'm anointed. Your favor chases me down and overwhelms me. Lord, there's a double portion coming for me and a triple portion for my children. I don't care where they are, what they're doing. It's the inheritance of the children of God. Rather than reminding God of all the disappointment and what they're doing now and talking to my spouse, talking to my uncle, talking to my friend about what they're doing now, what they're ha Oh, my goodness. Uh, Father, I'm going to begin saying what you say over my life and my situation. May your word be on my lips. I know what I see and I understand the validity of the moment. But Father, that's not what you said is the outcome. You said my children will be blessed. My life will be blessed. I'm not going to be passive anymore. I have another passage of scripture written down here. It's Ezekiel 37. Thank you, Herman. It says, the hand of the Lord was on me. Angie, the hand of the Lord is on you. Chris, the hand of the Lord is on you. Kathy, the hand of the Lord is on you. Laura, the hand of the Lord is on you. Randy, the hand of the Lord is on you. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones, and he led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. They weren't just bones, they were very dry bones. Does your situation look dry or very dry? Because your situation could look dry. Are there times when it seems very dry? Almost like, Lord, there is no hope. These bones ain't dead. They're dead, dead. And he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? I love this. Ezekiel is a powerful prophet and all he sees is deadness. And the Lord asks him, an angel of the Lord asks him, can these bones live? Uh, 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 you know. That's not a ringing endorsement at that point. But it's a great answer. I said, Sovereign Lord, 
You alone know. Then he said to me, start speaking to the bones. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying. There was a noise. A rattling sound. And the bones came together bone to bone. As I was speaking, as I was saying what God says. Not saying, Lord, they look dry. Lord, these bones are so dry. These bones have been buried here forever. Do you know how long these? Can I tell you the story about these bones? They've got a story, a long story. It's a very dry story. Lord, I mean, look, there, there's a, a tib tibia. Femur. Do you know how that femur got disjointed? Do you know the story of that femur? Let me tell you the story of that femur. At times, I think it's time to stop talking about the condition of the bones and the history of the bones. And when God says, start telling the bones to live and what's going to be, I find many times the the miracle doesn't happen until I start saying what God says and stop saying my history, the reality of what I see with my eyes and start saying, this is what God says. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together bone to bone. And I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. And they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Can you imagine this is like movie, Cecil B. DeMille movie. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They have a history and they have a destiny. They have a history and they have a calling. These are the bones of the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord, sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. And I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. 
Something happens when we say what God says. And if I can say this, something also happens when I keep talking to the bones and saying what I say. Something happens. I get discouraged. I get defeated. I get downcast. I begin to question the situation. Is it ever going to change? I don't know if anyone here is like that. I've been like that too many times in my life. Isaiah 54. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I know I have lots. Isaiah 54. The Bible says this, verse 1 to 6. Sing, barren woman. What is a barren woman? Randy, what's a barren woman? A woman who doesn't have any children. Maybe ever have any children? If she's barren? Probably not. Sing. That seems harsh. She's barren. Sing, barren woman. You who never bore a child, burst into song. Shout for joy, you who are never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than that of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide and do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess, dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. See, he's telling a barren woman, make ready. You haven't got any kids yet, but you're going to need room. So start now. Don't wait till the kids come. Make room right now. But they're not here yet. What has the Lord said? They're coming. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young, only to be rejected, says your God. Let me continue on in that same chapter. Are you okay? Verse 8. Let me pick it up in verse 9. To me, this is like the days of Noah when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Verse 16. See, it is I who created the blacksmith who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its work. And it is now, and it, I'm sorry, and it is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. No weapon formed against you will prevail. 
and you'll refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Can I have the worship team come back up, please? Just want you just quietly just to consider just really quick. What is your situation? Your situation may be stellar. Your situation may be amazing. It couldn't get any better. In fact, you have so much you're willing to share. It's just fantastic. But there are people in this room, as John Hooker said earlier, there are people struggling with a lack of peace in this room. And it could be for a child, it could be for your marriage, your health, job situation. It could be just something happened, just dispeace in your mind. And the Lord, I believe, wants to start challenging me, challenging you to get passionate about saying what he's saying. And begins prophesying, saying what God says to that situation, rather than reminding him, me, and everyone else, life is bad. I don't know how much more I can take. And I've been in that situation where I don't know how much more I can take. And then I start aligning my thoughts and my heart with what God says. And I find strength and courage to go forward. But it's, for me, it's only when I start saying what God says. So do you have a situation that needs to come to life? It could be dry, very dry. Do you have a situation that needs God? That's my question. Just pause for a second and just consider what's happening in your world. If you'd like, you can stand. If you like, you can sit. If you like, you can lay down face first. The devil knows your situation. God knows your situation. You know your situation me continuing to talk about the direness of it isn't informing anybody of anything that's new. But maybe it's time to inform me what God says. Maybe it's time to inform the devil of what God says. Maybe it's time to remind God of what he has said. Say, Father, while I have breath in my body, I'm a believer. While I have breath in my body, I'm going to believe. I'm going to recall that promise that you said over that child. I'm going to recall the promise of what you said over my health. I'm going to remind myself, Lord, when that marriage began, the laughter that was in my throat, Father, I'm going to dare to dream again for my marriage. I'm going to dare to dream again for that child. I'm going to dare to say what God says about my situation. 
and I'm not just going to strike three times and then walk away. Father, I'm going to take the arrows that you've given me and I'm going to strike with passion. And I'm going to remind the devil he's going to pay for what has been stolen in my life. I'm not going to stand for it anymore. And I'm going to speak to the very dry things and tell them, come to life and live again. Be who you're called to be. And I may go to my grave believing, but I'm going to go to my grave believing. I'm not going to fall asleep on the things that God has called me to. That's to believe for my children, believe for my marriage, believe for my health. Now, if we can, let's just turn to God now and just worship for a few minutes. And let this day be a day where a line is drawn in the sand. I'm going to stop talking about the bones and start talking about a mighty God who raises up bones. Jesus, thank you for being with me through everything. I remind myself of your faithfulness, of your power. Thank you for the word of God that it centers me, it stabilizes me, reminds me of the truth of heaven, keeps me buoyant in the midst of turbulent storms. Jesus, there's no one like you. we're going to dismiss. Thank you for your time and your patience. Worship team, thank you. I don't know where your voices are. I hope they're still with you. Have an amazing week. Have a blessed week. And remember, speak to the bones. Don't let the bones keep speaking to you. Amen. Be blessed. Have an amazing week. Thank you. Thanks for checking out the Life Church St. Peter's message of the week. For more podcasts and additional information, visit us at lifechurchstpeters.com.